Monday morning, and hopefully you're doing well, and uh, you had a decent weekend. Uh, we are in the book of Luke chapter 13, and uh, we're picking up at verse 10 today, um, and I've titled this section, The Expansive Spread of the Kingdom. Now, the first section we're going to get into, you might think, well, where are you getting that out of this? Well, it's going to come out of the the subsequent verses, picking up in verse 18. Uh, But this morning we pick up looking at uh, Jesus healing. He's teaching and he's healing. Those are two things that Jesus did. Now, I'm finding as I'm uh, engaging more with Middle Eastern countries uh, or even more, more Eastern than Middle Eastern countries, uh, one of the things that they're always asking for is healing prayer. And uh, 
I mean, some of these places that they cannot get to hospitals, they cannot get to doctors. Uh, they do not have medicine available. They do not have money for medicine. Uh, and so they pray, they ask prayer for healing. And so I think in that part of the world, uh, when you consider what the situation was like uh, in that part of the world uh, and, and what it is like in that part of the world or what it would have been like in Jesus' day, um, people perhaps not having the wherewithal to get to a doctor, uh, medicine not being as advanced as it is today, uh, Jesus was substantiating his his claim as Messiah. Uh, he was substantiating his claim as God and Lord uh, in the, all the healings that he was doing, but also he is demonstrating for us in, in some ways how we ourselves ought to live. So let's jump in here at verse, thir- uh, verse 10, Luke chapter 13. On a Sabbath, Shabbat. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up. I mean, have you ever seen somebody like that? They're just, they're all just bent right over, unable to, to straighten up at all. Uh, 18 years. She probably wasn't that old of a woman, but, but just hunched right over. Uh, And it says, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Now, he didn't say your sins are forgiven. He just said you're set free from your infirmity. Uh, There it is in in the passage. Uh, He called her forward and said, you're set free. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now, again, in our day, it's like we think these types of things shouldn't happen. And I have to sit here in front of you and tell you, honestly, wrestle with, with you know, our views on these things. Uh, I, I think that, that there is great spectacle that sometimes is made of these healing crusades and whatnot. Uh, most of the time, the, the crowds of people I have run in would say, well, that's just a bunch of show. But is it? Uh, is it necessarily show? Uh Jesus did this for this woman, and again, I have already said that I so much of at least our understanding or our conservative Western evangelical thought is that, and I'll say dispensational thought, is that Jesus did these things only to substantiate the authority of his message and the veracity of his claims, but is that all? Was there not the compassion of Christ shown in in the situation of this woman? Was he not showing her the love of God in reaching out and bringing this ministry of healing into her body? You know, I think sometimes we limit what God can do. And I sit here and I'm convicted there's been a particular issue I've been praying about now for some time, and I'm... I, I'm just being honest. I'm not seeing the answer. Now, part of it might be the Lord saying, okay, Jimmy boy, there, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with that. You need to deal with that. That, that could be the issue. Why the Lord's going, no, nope, not yet. Uh, uh-uh. uh, um, but is he able? Is he able to do these things? Is he able to, to, uh, answer significant prayer, uh, for provision? Is he able to answer, 
significant prayer for significant healing, like in the case of this woman? Is he able? I believe God is fully able to to meet us in these areas. And I think sometimes the question for us, and this is, I was thinking about these things, pondering these things quite early this morning. Sometimes it's an alignment issue. Uh, are, are, will we align ourselves with him? Um, what keeps us from alignment? Sometimes our sin keeps us from alignment because we love areas of our sins. Uh, sometimes it is laziness that keeps us from alignment. Sometimes, though, it is also the religious system, the Christian system that we have created and set up that may, in fact, keep us from the ways of Jesus. Uh, and I, I've been thinking about the, the delineation, the difference between, okay, here's the religious system, and here's the way of Jesus. Do, do the two always align? Now, we tell ourselves that, yes, they, they always align, but I, I don't know that, that what we do religiously sometimes in our churches actually aligns with the ways of Jesus. Um, we limit God sometimes. Uh, we, we we go through the motions of it. Yesterday morning, I was up early reading, thinking, okay, Lord, I want to go to church and have this type of uh, expression uh, of you. And yet when I got there, <clears throat> I found myself much more limited uh, in my expression of, <coughs> excuse me, of faith uh, and of love and of worship. Uh what does that to us? Sometimes it's the structures that we've created. And I've, I've been doing what I've been doing for almost 40 years. And uh, listen, I, I, I'm part of the problem. And if I'm part of the problem, then then I need to change. Um, I'm getting all of this out of just these few verses about Jesus healing this woman in her infirmity. Now, again, are there reasons why... <clears throat> Why God would say no? Are there reasons why God would say wait? Uh, why does God allow these things? We think of people with cancer. We think of people right within our own local church family here. And I was blessed to be able to go uh, worship with my church family yesterday. And uh, wasn't able to stay for the prayer time. I needed to come home and care for my wife. But but um, the. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm thinking, do we limit God and, and what God can do? Some of you may may be in places of infirmity right now. Uh, there's all kinds of, there's mental infirmities, there's emotional infirmities, there's physical infirmities. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of battling with a little bit of my own physical infirmity right now, and it's, you know, it, it's okay, I'm trying to adjust what I eat and how I eat and when I eat and how much water I drink and all those different things. And yet, is there spiritual application that needs to be made? All I know is that in this passage, it says, there was a woman there had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She went over and could not straighten up at all. He saw her, he called her, and he said, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. He put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now, this is what I would say that I do know. When we're around people who need prayer, place your hands on them and pray for them. I do know that. It's up to God what God's going to do. 
what should be our our part, what should be our position, what should be our practice. Our practice would be to place our hands on people and pray for them, um, and uh, and and see what God will do. We have friends again that were have cancer. We're praying for for God to heal them of the cancer. Uh, we have friends with, with other infirmities. Uh, we have friends that are bent over. Uh, we have friends that, what is it that God is asking us to trust him with today? Now, he did this. He did this partly because he was also trying to uh, give a message, send a message. That's, that's the word I'm trying to say because of when he did what he did. Verse 14 says, indignant because Jesus healed on Shabbat, on Sabbath. The synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on Shabbat. See, the Lord answers them and says, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? That's work. Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, in fact, he says 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with the wonderful things he was doing. And unfortunately, we see some of this in our own day where where people are not happy. Well, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't do this the right way. You didn't say the right prayer. Uh, um, you shouldn't have done that on a Sunday. You, uh, it doesn't fit our theology. Uh, was, was there repentance? This passage says nothing about repentance on her part. It just says Jesus healed her. And so, you know, what do we do with this? How do we interact with this? Um, again, in, in our culture, we just see Jesus placing healing hands on her and praying for her in our case. Uh, in our case, to pray for people. That's what we can do. Now, Nell's, Nell's telling the story in the comments, uh, speaking to this as a word of testimony. I'll never forget the morning at Veracity that Caleb anointed me with oil and prayed for my knee. God healed it. Um, I had been to my doctor, and she said it was going to send me to a surgeon. I told her not yet that I first was going to go home and talk to Jesus about. <laughs> I can get emotional over that, you know. And I think about where did where did Caleb get that from? And uh, you know, uh, that was a practice that we practiced for a short window, and God did some things. Uh, I know Walter was one of our pastors at that point in time. The other Walter, not. Our morning Walter, but our Alaska Walter prayed for some people, and they experienced God's healing too. Uh, Caleb prayed for Nell, and she experienced healing too. You know, God can do these things, and you know, I, I think there's been too long a line drawn between well, here's the Pentecostals and here's the non-Pentecostals. What about just being biblical, huh? What about just doing what Jesus did? And uh, you know, I. <laughs> I'm a Bible college president saying these things, but but I, what about the ways of Jesus and doing what Jesus did? And the West, for those listening who aren't in the West, they have um, 
uh, we've become so precise in things that sometimes we put God right in a box and we, we don't allow God to move because we put him right into our box that has to fit our church. Uh, I almost said our camp, our tribe, our, our church traditions. Uh, but let's look at what Jesus did. What I can say is this. None of us are Jesus. Uh, what I can say is this. Jesus set a model of, of doing good and, and praying healing prayer. He did on Shabbat. He did it on Sabbath. Uh, and uh, you know the Jews were all upset. You how can you do this work on the Sabbath? And yet he says, "Look, you go out and you feed your donkey. You 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 allow your donkey to go out and, and you take it out to get a drink. Uh, that's work, and you do that on the Shabbat. So why can I not heal a woman who has been eighteen years in infirmity on Shabbat? I, I'll heal on Shabbat. We do good. So lessons for us: always be prepared to do good in Jesus' name. Always be prepared to pray for somebody." In Jesus' name, leave the results up to God. In this case, this woman had this infirmity that left her bent over for uh, for 18 years. And so what do we do? We, we don't know. Someone comes and we pray for them that they would experience God's healing. Do the work, whatever the work is in front of you. Do the work that's in front of you, whatever that work may be. Pray for somebody. Stop and pray. I think Nell's the one that mentioned it uh, a few days ago or yesterday or it couldn't be yesterday, maybe Friday, you know, to be in the grocery store. Someone needs prayer. What do you do? Stop and you pray with them right there. Now, this sets up the expanse of the kingdom. And so as we get into the next verses, we, we see the expanse of the kingdom uh, in verse 18, Luke chapter 13. Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became like a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. I will just stop there. Again, uh, Pastor Jacob has been talking about uh, parabole, the parables, and uh, para come alongside something, bole story. Uh, so it's a story that comes alongside, and Jesus is illustrating in this passage what the kingdom of God is like. The, the mustard seed is a very, very small, little, tiny little seed. Uh, and a man took it. Who's the man? The man would be Jesus. He planted it in the garden. What's the garden? Our world. It grew and became like a tree. It became vast. It became big. So much so that, that the birds of the air were able to perch in its branches. It began as a small seed. Even as the gospel of Jesus began as a very small seed uh, in Israel, uh, and then it expanded, so the kingdom of God, I mean, the, the kingdom of God has expanded. It began, Jesus' kingdom began with just that nucleus of a few. But look what's happened. It's gone global. Uh, I'm working on a mailing that, that will be going out. Um, it's taking me too long. I'm dragging my feet a little bit on it. Uh, speaking about the vast things that God is doing in, in around the world. 
uh, of which you are a part. You are a part in your prayers. You are your part. You are part in the ways that you financially support what we do. Uh, you are part, uh, you know, Bibles were de- delivered. At least the first batch of Bibles were delivered uh, this past Saturday. And, you know, uh, s- some of our morning listeners gave to make that happen. And uh, uh, we know that the system works so we can do more. Uh, but to see the gospel expand uh, in various places around the world. Uh, in the letter I'm writing, I'm, I'm writing, a, 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 not writing, I've already written, I just need to get get the thing mailed. Uh, it, we speak about our, our brother uh, in India, uh, whose vision was for a thousand pastors by the tw- year 2030. I met with him in Turkey uh, Republic of Turkey uh, in March, and they've already surpassed that number. And great training is taking place. Incredible things are taking place. The kingdom of God began small and has expanded. And our prayer for for America is that I mean we have all we have we have Facebook, we've got YouTube, we've got radio stations out the years. We have books, we have television, we have everything. We have churches. People can pick what church they want to go to because there are so many different types of churches. And unfortunately, we see shuffling of the saints. People don't like this church. They go to that church. We're spoiled in the West, so spoiled. My prayer is that, that God bring revival and spiritual awakening to North America, even like we're seeing it like places in the Middle East. People willing to take the little bit that they have, like the small mustard seed, and open it up for the kingdom of God and see 150 families who become a part of of what God is doing. That's just one example. Um, I'll give you the example of India, and I can give you other numerous examples. The kingdom of God began so small, but now it's global, so much so that, friends, you and I have a global family. He says also in this same passage, again, he said, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through the dough. Now, some people think that the the uh, illustration of yeast is always a negative illustration. It's not always a negative illustration. In this instance, God is uh, Jesus is using yeast as a positive illustration of the yeast getting work through the, the, the dough that's kind of flat and it's a good yeast and it's been activated in water. I learned that. I was trying to bake something and put the yeast in. Nothing happened. said, uh, hey, dum-dum, you need to activate it in water and then put it in the dough. Oh, I didn't know these things. Um, but the woman knew what to do. Yes, you can laugh at me. I'm a man trying to bake bread. My son-in-law makes really good bread, just for the record. Shout out to Nate. It's really good bread. Uh but what is it like? It's like the yeast won't mix needs into the dough until it works through the dough and causes it to rise. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. You work it in among the people and it rises. And how do you work it in among the people? You live it. You love it. You, you, you praise God. You, 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 you lift the praises in adoration of God in front of people. They hear about it uh, and they, they too want to follow after Jesus. The kingdom of God began small. The kingdom of God has, has expanded and is expanding around 
the world. What's our response? Well, I'm going to tell you what our response is. I, I think our response, and I, I'm not going to go further in the passage this morning. There, there's enough there for, uh, I'll finish out part three tomorrow, uh, finish out this chapter in part three tomorrow. What do we do? Be prayer warriors. What do we do when there's a need? Pray for it. Place hands on people. Pray for people. In my one vehicle, I have a little, a little jar of anointing oil. And I just need to take that practice of anointing people. I don't need to worry about what other pastors around me do. I know what I'm convicted to do. I should just go and do it, right? You should go and do it. You should pray for people. Uh, we should always be prepared to do good to people and to point them to Jesus. What else do we do? What else do we take to heart from this? That we pray for the expanse of the kingdom. Friends, those of you that have been partners with me for four years now, it's been almost four years, coming up on four years here next month. We've been doing this for four years. Um, you've traveled with me and through lots of books of the Bible. You've prayed, you've given, you've prayed, you've supported in ways that you can support. Don does all of his background work for us, supporting what we do here on the, the Daily Discipleship Podcast. Uh, and uh, so we all find our places of things to do, uh, ways to be engaged, ways to be involved. But let's pray. Let's pray that, that the kingdom of God is, is, is will be among us again here in our area. Like the mustard seed, it begin small and grow large. Let's pray that the kingdom of God in places like South Sudan uh, or various different, just reading some of our former church folk that have been in Africa, pray that God does expansive things in Africa. Pray that God does things in the various Stan countries uh, like Pakistan and that the kingdom of God expand and people experience Jesus and people come to faith in Jesus and people fall in love with Jesus, that people's lives are changed by Jesus, that people are healed by Jesus, that people know that their names are written in the book of life because of their faith in Jesus. Oh, that we would be people who have the kingdom vision of the mustard seed and the leaven the kingdom of God growing and expanding without bound. And once, once, once the yeast is wet, once the yeast is wet by our faith and by our prayers, that it will expand, that it will grow. So, and as we see in the closing here, already a friend closing us out in prayer, uh, Lord, hear our prayer praying for Jean, for Olivia, for Wendy, for Nell and Don, for pastors around the world. I think also of Todd as well. And so many, there are many others, those who've recently lost loved ones, Lord, those in need of healing who cannot get to medicine uh, in our sisters and brothers and sisters in Pakistan. Uh, Father, that uh, they don't have access even to the things that we do here in America. Lord, hear our prayer. 
as Fran has said, Lord, hear our prayer for their healing. Hear our prayer for their provisions. Lord, hear uh, our prayer for the expanse of the kingdom right here in America as well. Lord, help us to live the Jesus life today. Not just the religious life, not just what people say, this is a Christian life, but as we observe Jesus, 1 John 2, 6, anyone who claims to live in Jesus must walk as Jesus walked. Lord, help us to walk with you. Lord, thank you for the things you're doing in our midst. I'm just reading the, the, what Nell has said here, even with God having healed me, nothing compares to knowing that Bibles are being given to the hands of people who've never had one. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Use us for your honor, for your glory, for the expanse of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, hear our prayer.